reading is from Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 12. You can find this on page 627 of the Church Bibles. I'll just give you a minute to find it. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring a brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Eva. Uh, do keep your Bibles open, or, or grab one if you haven't got one. Uh, we are going to be jumping around uh, this morning, uh, and feel free to jot down some of the, the verses that I mentioned, uh, which we'll be looking at briefly, uh, and come back to those later. Uh, why don't we pray, and then we'll uh, get into things. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, the way you have spoken to us through your word. And we thank you for speaking to us on this a topic we're going to be considering this morning, parenting, uh, which is fitting given uh, the baptism we've just had. And uh, we pray that uh, as we look at your word, it would be uh, helpful for us. Please work in us by your spirit. Uh, continue to make us more and more Christ-like, uh, even as we think about parenting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Charles Francis uh, Adams was a man who kept a daily diary and he happened to be the, the son of a president, and uh, one day he wrote an entry in his diary. Went fishing with my son today. A day wasted. Uh, I assume it's because he didn't catch any fish. I, I don't have any proof of that. Uh, his son also kept a diary, and, and on that very same day he wrote this. Went fishing with my father. The most wonderful day of my life. We can't overstate the impact that a parent can have on a child. Uh, and we're thinking about parenting this morning uh, because parenting is something that affects every single one of us in this room. Uh, it will have impacted us for better or worse. And for parents today, it's very easy to feel a little bit like the father that I just mentioned. If we're not being productive in some way, if we're not achieving something with our time, uh, we can feel as if we're, we're wasting any time that we spend with our children. And maybe we'd never say words to that effect, but I know it's how a, a number of us feel as parents. Mums and dads who, who live busy lives have been led to believe that simply spending time with their kids, if we're not achieving anything specific, is, is a waste of time. Uh, and I know parents who feel guilty about it. They think of all the things that they need to get done to keep the house running and to stay on top of things, and it's easy to forget how big of an impact something as, as small as our time can have on our kids. 
When it comes to parenting, there are, there are obviously many, many different approaches. Uh, but I'm obviously the, the best person to be speaking on this topic, given my extensive experience of uh, 986 days as a parent and counting. Uh, in all honesty, I feel like the guy at the end of the book of Job, Elihu, the young fool who opened his mouth to give advice to people far more experienced than him. Uh, and I say that because a number of people in this room this morning will have a lot of wisdom regarding parenting. On the other hand, I am excited about this morning because it's another chance to look at what God has to say on an, uh, on an important topic. And if you haven't been with us in, in recent weeks, that's what we've been doing for, for a number of weeks. We've been looking at the book of Proverbs and thinking particularly about uh, different topics and, and what it looks like to live wise lives under God. We've thought about being wise with our words, with our wealth, with our work, and our friendships, and today, in regards to parenting. And you could say that teaching children is a topic that the whole book of Proverbs uh, was intended for, because these are the Proverbs of Solomon, King Solomon. Uh, many were written by him, others were collected by him, for the purpose of instructing and teaching young men. That's who the original recipients of the book would have been, young men who were starting out on this path of following God. And it's written to help them to live wise lives. But as we've seen, as we've gone through the book of Proverbs, uh, what it says is of use to all of us, uh, men, women, young, old. And I'm sure that will be the case for us this morning as well. Uh, we may be parents now or in the future, we may not be. We may be step-parents, grandparents, aunts or uncles, godparents. Uh, we might be close family friends. We may be like a parent to someone at, at different stages in their life. Now, we are a, a church family, and there are always opportunities for us to play some part in, in supporting parents and in encouraging children at St. Stephen's in the ways that Proverbs calls us to. And, and while this whole book provides much wisdom that a parent could pass on to their kids, there are two particular areas that I, I want to encourage us in this morning. And I think these two areas, uh, these are two areas that we as a society, and particularly as Christians, need some encouragement in. And those two areas are teaching our kids and disciplining our kids. Because when we look at the book of Proverbs, it, it lays out the importance of both of those things. And it suggests that the difference between a wise parent and a foolish parent can be found in how faithfully we do those things. Parenting is, is no easy thing, uh, and it seems to get more and more complex as, as time passes and as kids get older. But I think these are two areas we need to be careful not to set aside this responsibility. Now, as we've seen in previous weeks, Proverbs is teaching us things that are generally true of the Christian life, uh, there will always be exceptions, but more often than, than not, Proverbs ring true of our experiences of life. Uh, so the first point, the importance of teaching our kids. Why is it so important, uh, to borrow from that famous song, to teach our children well? Well, children are an incredible gift, made in the image of God, precious to him. Uh, and you only have to read through the Gospels, uh, and look at Jesus' interactions with children to see how much he really cares for them. But at the same time, children, like all of us, are also born in sin. 
They aren't born with wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 22:15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. If, if living a wise life was like walking down a, a straight and narrow path, then a child is like a ball in lawn bowls. Uh, the ones with the, you know, the ones with the white dot on one side. A lawn bowl never travels straight. A lawn bowl ball never travels straight. And, and likewise, no matter how much they try, a child will naturally veer to the right or to the left. It's not possible for them of their own accord to walk the straight and narrow path, meaning that there is much for them to learn in life in order to be wise. And so parents have been given this enormous task of teaching their children what it is to live a, a wise life under God, to turn from folly and to seek wisdom. And we've seen throughout this series, if we want to live wise lives, God needs to be front and center. We need to listen to him. Now, one thing I want to remind us of this morning, the responsibility to teach lies primarily with the parents. Uh, you'll notice that as you read through Proverbs, the, the words, my son, come up again and again and again in the, in the first nine or ten chapters. Uh, just have a quick look at your Bibles. The start of chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, and so on. Those words, my son, come up over 20 times in the book. It's Solomon demonstrating this responsibility that every parent has been given. Now, I think most of us probably agree that teaching children is, is is probably the, the primarily the parent's responsibility, but it's very easy to avoid this responsibility. Uh, and I've felt this pressure myself. We have so many responsibilities in life, so many other responsibilities, and this is one where we won't necessarily see a return on our investment for years and years. And so sometimes we just leave it. We don't take the opportunities to speak about God and home life, we rely on the, the children's program to teach them, or youth group, or the Christian school, uh, which, are, which are great things, but shouldn't be the only thing when it comes to teaching our kids. Teaching our kids about Jesus and, and the difference he makes needs to also take place in our homes. And we see that in the very first chapter of Proverbs, where Solomon says in, in verse 8, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Both the father and the mother have a role to play. Uh, and we must remember, we only play this role for a limited time. Our kids may not be at home with us forever. Some of you are rejoicing at that. Uh, but sometimes we live as though we have all the time in the world to teach them how to be wise in, in God's eyes. We'll get round to it later. We just want some peace and quiet now. Let them watch a bit of TV or, or just give them that device that will keep them busy. Reality is that the time where we can actually influence our children's lives is short. It's not to say that we can't still teach them when they're much older, uh, and it's wonderful when that does happen. But the relationship also changes as, as kids get older, doesn't it? And so we need to make the most of those early years of life. Now, much of what we learn growing up does impact us in the later years. Uh, so let me encourage parents here with, with young kids to, to make the most of that time. Now, Proverbs 22.6 offers us some helpful motivation. Uh, this is 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. 
Now this is a wonderful verse that gets to the heart of a parent's role. Firstly, train them. Not simply tell them. Uh, part of it will be telling them, but some of it will include showing them the way that they should go. Being living examples of what it looks like to live lives that honour God. Lives of repentance and of faith. Uh, not making out like we're perfect, but showing them what it looks like to live in response to the grace and kindness and goodness of our God. Uh, the next thing to notice in that verse is that the focus is on the way they should go, not on the way they shouldn't go. Uh, it's very easy to always focus on the, on the negatives in parenting, isn't it? Don't do this, don't do that, stop that. But the focus in this verse is on the way they should go. And so part of a parent's role is to help our children see the way. Not just deterring them from, from the way they shouldn't go, even though there is definitely a place for that. Uh, the final thing in this verse that stands out is there at the end. And it's the word old. When he is old, he will not turn from it. There's something helpful about remembering that we are parenting for the long haul. It's not about winning every discussion and, and putting your child in their place every time. It's not simply about getting our way. And I think this part of the verse is also an encouragement to parents to keep on persevering when things don't seem to be going right. And we all need that encouragement at times, don't we? There is great wisdom in remembering that how we raise our kids, the things we teach them, will often stick with them and even impact them in their later years. Teaching is important. Uh, equally as important as what, is what we teach them. Now, wisdom is found in the Word of God, uh, Proverbs 2, chapter, six, uh, ch chapter 2, verse 6. Uh, the Lord gives wisdom, and understanding comes from His mouth. We teach our kids what God has taught us. We look to His Word. Uh, the other day, you might have heard that there was a beached whale at uh, New Brighton Beach. And once it was stuck, it was completely helpless. And spiritually speaking, we're all like that whale unable to help ourselves, heading for spiritual death, unless the Word of God, with the work of the Holy Spirit in us, saves us, brings us to life. So we look to the Word. And we don't need to be biblical scholars or, or experts to do this. Uh, I love the way Deuteronomy 6 encouraged God's people in this. It says, These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So it's a beautiful thing when the Word of God is impacting all of life. And what plays out, uh, and what a privilege for parents to, to help our children to see how that plays out. And, and the benefits of this are endless. Uh, Proverbs 3 1 to 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. The result of, of teaching our kids God's ways, more often than not, will allow our kids to live wise lives. That's what Proverbs is, is encouraging us in. The flip side of that, if we're not teaching our kids God's ways, they're being grounded in something else. Something that will lead them away from wisdom in God's eyes. Now we might give our kids the best opportunities that the best clothes and equipment, the best technology. We might make sure they get the best schooling, 
the best coaching, the best tutoring. But if we're not grounding them in the truths of God's word, we're setting them up for a life of folly. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If we want our kids to be wise, we need to teach them about the, the transformation that Jesus, the Holy One, brings. And we teach them God's ways through all the little things that happen in life. We teach them to be thankful to God for the, the good things that we have, to deal with the hurt and disappointments by turning to God, to deal with rejection by reminding them of the one who will never reject them, to deal with our failure in life by asking him for forgiveness. We teach, the impo- uh, teach them the importance of turning to God in prayer in all things. And all of this starts in our homes. We can't leave it to others to, to make our children wise. And whatever par- uh, parental role you have now or in the future, make the most of that time. It's true that we, we can't control who our children will become. Uh, we don't change their hearts. God does that by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we know to trust God with that. But we've also been given this incredibly challenging responsibility to, to be faithful in terms of the environment that they grow up in. Uh, we're called to focus on being faithful now. And that's a comforting thing when we worry about our kids. So it's important to teach our kids. Uh, secondly, it's important that we discipline our kids. Uh, we're rightly told of the importance of love these days, but what we're not told enough of is the importance of discipline. Proverbs 22:15 from earlier, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from them. Or 13:24, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. Uh, someone was telling me this week that, that society has, has gone so far against the idea of, of discipline of any type uh, that in some preschools here in New Zealand, teachers have been told that they can't say the word no to children. Think about how ridiculous that is. They can't say the word no to children. As if it will cause some sort of long-term psychological damage to, to hear that word. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Spock was a pediatrician in the 20th century and, and wrote a book on raising children that's sold over 50 million copies. Now, anything with the name Dr. Spock on it was bound to be a bestseller. Uh, but most of his life, uh, this, this doctor was advocating against parents disciplining their children. But listen to these words of his from the end of his life. We have read... We have reared a generation of brats. Parents aren't firm enough with their children for fear of losing their love or incurring their resentment. This is a cruel deprivation that we professionals have have imposed on mothers and fathers. Of course, we did it with the best of intentions. And I think he highlights two key reasons why parents shy away from any sort of discipline at times. We're afraid it will stop our kids from loving us if we say no to them or or if we give them boundaries or if we punish them. Or worse, we think that they will end up resenting us. Now those verses uh, I just read earlier mentioned the rod and it's language we don't really use a lot of today. The rod and the staff are mentioned quite a bit in the Bible 
and they were used by shepherds to ultimately care for the flock. Rod was something uh, that shepherds used to, to fight off wild animals and it was also used to, to prod sheep in the right direction. And ultimately, it was for their good. Now we must admit there have been some horrible abuses that have happened all in the name of discipline. There's a difference between discipline and abuse. Proverbs is encouraging discipline. And this discipline in Proverbs is for the good of a child, not to harm them. It's not to be done out of anger. It's not to be done in retaliation because our pride has been wounded. We mustn't miss the intention behind what Proverbs is getting at. Leonard Sachs wrote the book The Collapse of Parenting and in it he tells us about uh, parents who have allowed their young children to decide everything. What to eat, when to eat it, what they'll wear, what they'll do with their spare time and even where they'll go to school. And he says there's been uh, a massive shift in authority from the parents to the kids. And he suggests that this change is what has led to over-medicated kids, academic underperformance, and university students who are incredibly fragile. Now we may or may not uh, agree with his conclusions, but the Bible was very clear about the consequences of failing to provide discipline for our kids. Proverbs 19.18 Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party in his death. Or Proverbs 23.13 and 14 Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. See, discipline is ultimately for the spiritual benefit of a child. If we never set boundaries for our kids, if we won't say no to them or, or correct them when they need correcting, if we refuse to punish our kids when they're out of line, if we don't take away their privileges or, or sit them down when, they, when the situation demands it, then we are setting them up to fail. We are playing a part in their destruction. Now, as I mentioned, our, our motivation must be love. Uh, one commentator writes, discipline without love leads to discouragement. And in the New Testament, uh, in Ephesians 6, Paul warns against discouraging children. Love must be our aim. But one part of loving them is surely disciplining them. Proverbs 12.1 puts it a lot more bluntly for us. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. Uh, and as I look around this room, I do see a lot of wisdom when it comes to parenting. I see a lot of wisdom. Uh, and if you're anything like me, and it, it can actually seem very daunting knowing how any of this should play out practically. But I encourage you to talk to more experienced parents, people who have been where you are and have godly wisdom to share. Sometimes that will be sharing things that have helped, other times it will be sharing about our failures. Uh, and we know every child is different and our children's needs in terms of discipline and, and correction will change over time as they change and we need to recognise that. And we also need to be willing to change ourselves as the need arises. Now as we've been 
thinking on this important topic this morning. Uh, there will be people who have done some of these things uh, that we've been thinking about. There, there will be people who are thankful for our parents and for others who have been like parents to us and have helped us in these two areas of, of teaching and discipline. There will be single parents or, or widows who have been so faithful as they've shouldered extra responsibility. But I'm even more sure there will be people here who feel as though we've failed as parents. We haven't done these things nearly as well as we should have or could have. And maybe we're grieving the fact our children aren't currently living wise lives under God. There will also be people here who feel as though our parents have failed us in these two areas, teaching and discipline. Some here will wish we had listened to our parents more when we had the chance. Well, the good news for us all is that where we are sinful as humans and where we failed in many ways and will continue to fail and, and continue to be failed, we have a God who will, who will never fail those who turn to him. Our God loves us so much. He was willing to punish his own son to the point of death on that cross for all of our failures so that we might become his sons and daughters. And he loves us so much that he teaches us and he disciplines us as we need. Listen to these words from Hebrews 12, uh, which quote today's passage. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. He loves us so much that he will discipline us even when others fail to. He loves our children even more than we do. Think about that. He loves them even more than we do. And where we fail them, he will not. He's the one who we're called to trust as parents and as his children. And every day we spend as a child of God, uh, we can write it down in our own diaries as being the most wonderful day. The most wonderful day. Even more so as we get closer to the day when we will see him face to face. Let's pray. Our Lord God, thank you that you are our perfect Father in heaven who knows us and who loves us and who cares for us. We pray for the parents uh, and parent-like uh, roles of, of the people here this morning. Help us to be faithful to you in these things. Father, forgive us uh, for the ways uh, we failed to uh, parent as you call us to and the ways we failed to obey our parents as you've called us to. Lord, help us in our teaching and our disciplining, uh, knowing that it is a sign of love. Help us to love those you've entrusted to us. And Father, you know the joys uh, that we have as parents, and you also know our hurts and failures. Uh, please continue to minister to each of our hearts, wherever we are at. Uh, by your Spirit, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.